0: Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Happy Easter Tuesday, and welcome to The Presence Podcast, episode number 93. I'm Rick, and I'm drying out from what was quite a stormy day. At one point, the thunderstorms got so severe that we were under a tornado warning. All is quiet now, but the unsettled weather is a sign that spring is on the horizon. Perhaps needless to say, I stayed mostly close to home today. But I was still able to keep my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to the experience, the presence of God today. Jump in the rubber raft with me because the creek's are rising. Start paddling, and I'll tell you about when, where, and how I experienced God today. So, did you watch NBC's big live event of Jesus Christ Superstar on Easter night? I missed most of it a couple days ago when it was first broadcast. We got our Easter dinner started late. So I sat down tonight and watched it on Hulu. I should say that I'm a big fan of this Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which is more than 45 years old now. If you watched it, what did you think of it? Especially if you watched either or both of the main film versions of it. The theatrical release from the mid-1970s or the produced version by BBC from 2000. I don't want to offer here a critical review of the NBC live production, except to say there was much I liked about it. The energy of the cast was top-notched, I liked how the musicians and the audience were integrated into the action, and the camera work was stunning. Most of the reviews I've read online about it were quite positive, and the overall consensus was that this production atoned for NBC's two previous live musical broadcasts, The Ho-Hum, Sound of Music, and the disaster of a pirate shipwreck that was Peter Pan. I do want to highlight a point made in a review published in the Jesuit periodical America. I'll post a link to this article at my Facebook page for the podcast. The article by Rob Weinert Kent, entitled Why Jesus Christ Superstar Was Live TV at Its Best, lists four noteworthy aspects of the production. Although I thought the actor who played Judas was far more engaging, he's the actor who played Aaron Burr in Hamilton after the original cast departed, it was the R&B star John Legend as Jesus who attracted the headlines. Judas, like in the NBC production, was a black actor in the mid-1970s film. But casting Jesus as a black man in this production this year was significant. Weinert Kent comments on this, quote, Casting a black Jesus lent the familiar events of the Passion a stark new edge. While it is no longer radical for long-haired hippies with electric guitars to reclaim the Jesus narrative, in 2018 it is a welcome statement to make a Bible story look like today's multiracial America. End quote. Seeing a black Jesus on national television live was one of the ways I experienced God's presence today. I also felt God's nearness when I found on my bookshelf, black theologian James Cone's 1975 groundbreaking God of the Oppressed. I found and read the conclusion he so eloquently draws, and I quote here at length, To say that Christ is black means that black people are God's poor people whom Christ has come to liberate. And thus no gospel of Jesus Christ is possible in America without coming to terms with the history and culture of that people who struggle to bear witness to His name in extreme circumstances. To say that Christ is black means that God, in His infinite wisdom and mercy, not only takes color seriously, God takes it upon Himself and discloses His will to make us whole, new creatures born in the spirit of divine blackness and redeemed through the blood of the black Christ. Christ is black, therefore, not because of some cultural or psychological need of black people but because and only because Christ really enters into our world where the poor, the despised, and the black are, disclosing that he is with them, enduring their humiliation and pain and transforming oppressed slaves into liberated servants. Quote. I felt God's presence also when my day began thinking about the most iconic and likely most important black American Christian leader, Reverend Martin Luther King, Today was the 50th anniversary of the eve of his assassination in Memphis. I listened to a few history podcasts which played his powerfully moving, I may not get there with you, sermon that he gave that night. But I also learned more about the sanitation workers' strike which brought Martin to Memphis in April 1968. I did not know that the strike happened because two black workers, who got paid almost nothing for their work picking up trash, were killed on the job in a terrible accident. The city refused to pay any compensation to the men's families, and it was from this injustice that the strike and the marches arose. And it was during those marches that many of the black striking workers carried signs reminding everyone of their inherent human dignity. The sign simply said, I am a man. It is tempting to say that it shows progress in our nation that on April 1, 2018, a black man played Jesus on live television, while 50 years ago on April 4, 1968, the black American Moses was murdered as he stood on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel. Yet, we see on a daily basis still that racism, white supremacy, and nativism still has influence in our nation from the White House on down. We've come a long way in 50 years, but we still have much work to do, especially after yet another young, black, unarmed black man was gunned down by police, including multiple bullets in his back last week in Sacramento, California. But we don't do this work for justice alone, as the black Christ and the black Moses still inspire and guide us and remind us that we shall overcome. We shall overcome someday someday. How did you feel seeing a black Jesus on NBC in Jesus Christ Superstar? How did you feel hearing James Cone's words about a black Christ? How is God present in today's struggles for racial and economic justice? Thanks for listening. Blessings and peace.